I, um, sometimes you, uh, I don't know how it works with you and the Lord. I, I reflect oftentimes on the ministry of Elder Flowers a few months ago when he talked about the different ways the Lord talks to people and how he talks to us in a way he knows how to, he talks to each of us differently because he knows how we hear <clears throat> and he knows our frame or he knows how he wants us to hear. Um, one of the ways uh, through the years uh, that the Lord has spoken with me is like first thing when I wake up in the morning, like before I move. So I don't move when I wake up. I'm awake. Some people aren't awake. That's why they don't move. But I, I'm awake, but I don't move. I, I like it, my wife gives me a hard time when I wake up. I'm awake. And like for me, it's all sent. I'm listening. And I love it because it's quiet and nothing, there's no disruption. And so I, I'm just listening. And oftentimes, for whatever reason, the way the Lord deals with me or talks to me is, is there will simply be like three or four words of a scripture will be in my mind. And I'll know it's a scripture. I may not know where it's at, but I'll just recognize. And... Um, and, you know, it usually gets my attention when it's a strange word that's not a word that we use all the time. And um, so, anyway, I woke up this morning uh, about 3.30. And the only thought I had in my mind was sojourning in fear. I'm like, what in the world? Like, but I, I'm like, okay, that's in Scripture somewhere, the so, sojourning in fear. And so... I'm, I don't think I'm going to talk much about this tonight, but maybe it'll help somebody or maybe it'll mean something to somebody. So I went looking, and that passage of Scripture is in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 17. And Peter was admonishing. Uh, he talks about passing the time. I guess maybe I'll just read it so I'm not uh, messing up some paraphrase here. But in First Peter 1 and 17... Um, it's not one of those verses that reads real easy. You know what I mean? He says, if you call on the Father. Anybody here call on the Father? Okay, that's, so that's a, this is a conditional statement. If you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, so he doesn't play favorites, judges according to every man's work. So that's the, that's the precursor to what he's about to say. If you're somebody that calls on the Father, and you know this about the Father, without respecting people, he judges every man according to his work, then, this is an if-then statement, right? If you then pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Like I said, he talks to us all differently. So he had my attention sojourning here in fear. Sojourning here in fear. So how many of you sojourn? How many of you have ever went somewhere and visited, but you knew you weren't staying there, you were going to go back home? You sojourned. Sojourning, we don't use that word, right? 
Sojourning is when we travel somewhere or pass through a place, but we know it's temporary. We're not staying there. We're not staying there. And so Peter is writing and he's addressing to the church. Hey, you who call on the Father, you have this understanding in your life. You understand he doesn't have respect to persons. In other words, he's got the same criteria for all of us. He looks at us all the same way. Because you know this and because you do call on him, notice, pass the time. A question, how do you pass the time? How do you pass your time? Right? Sister Schoenberg said, occupy till he comes. That's right. How do you pass your time? You ever make this statement, I'm just passing time? Peter's addressing this. How do you pass the time? I think of Paul's words. Paul said, redeem the time. I have been, I've had this, we, I shared this a few weeks ago just in passing, and I, I had a conversation, I think it was with Sister Jasmine, said she'd been thinking about, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about eternity lately. Um, maybe it's because I'm turning 50 this year, I don't know. I, but I, I, I'm thinking about, right, I'm, if I'm honest with myself, I'm on the downside of my lifespan. I, I, I don't want to live till I'm 100. I just don't. I mean, unless the Lord has some distinct purpose, I've got no interest. Take me home. And so, but, so I think about that. I think, okay, I have to be honest. I'm on the downside of whatever life I have left. Right? There's less left than I've already spent. So I'm thinking a lot about how am I passing the time? How am I redeeming the time? Now, I could spend a lot of time looking back and going, man, if and why didn't I should I've determined there's a reason a car has a small rearview mirror and a big windshield. You check the rearview mirror. You don't live by it. You check the rearview mirror. You live by what's in front of you. That's why the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He called that one thing, forgetting and pressing. And so, Peter is saying, pass the time here in fear. He doesn't mean like, oh my goodness, I'm afraid. He's saying, pass it in reverence of God. How do you pass the time? And he used an interesting word there, sojourning. Sojourning. Sojourning means... As you say, it's not a place that you're staying. It's a place you're just visiting or passing through. I was talking to my wife Monday. We got to talking and I, I made the mistake of mentioning sojourning on a beach with 85 degrees. And she's like, let's go now. She likes those type of sojourns. Especially this time of year, right? But Peter was reminding them, hey, whatever you're doing here in this life, you're passing through. This is not the place where you're going to live forever. 
pass the time here with a focus on where you're going, on where you live. Pass the time here with a focus on where eternity is. It's easy to get caught up in all the things of today. But we are sojourning. You can keep reading the rest of that. We won't tonight. But I, I just want to leave that with somebody. Because sometimes we can feel so much pressure for the time we have here. Right? I'm the worst. I'm a task-oriented person. My wife doesn't like me going on vacation too much, too long. Because I want to do stuff when we're on vacation. I don't want to just rest and kick back and I'm like man let's fill the list we got all day and I you guys think I still wake up at 3 30 or 4 in the morning if I'm on vacation it doesn't matter and so I got to fill the day she's like can we just like rest read a book enjoy I want to go and enjoy so let's pass the time in fear of the Lord amen um Luke chapter 13 You know, we live in a day of sound bites. When I was younger, I used to love quotes. I should have started Twitter. Um, I loved quotes. As a matter of fact, different people through the years bought me books of quotes. I think the Schoonovers have bought me books of quotes through the years. I, I, I like quotes. I, it, and I'll read a quote by somebody, then I want to go dig and figure that person out and see where they're coming from. Then I, I may decide I don't like their quote, no matter how good it sounds, once I know a little more about the individual. But, um, but we live in a day of sound bites, right? 140 characters, if you're a Twitter user. Um, some other platforms should probably be limited to 140 characters, but anyway. Um, <laughs> they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So, but we live in these sound bites, right? And um, again, perhaps a product of getting older, but probably more so, I think, just a product of wanting to, in my spirit, if you will, slow down and hear and listen and wait. So when I was younger, a thought would come to me and I would explore that thought and it'd be neat. Man, that's a neat thought. I want to share it. I want to. Now, not so much. I want to ruminate on that thought. I want to let it just sort of turn in my spirit. I want to pray about it. I want to go in the word about it. And um, I'm not seeking followers, but if you if you follow me on Twitter, sometimes you might see some thought out there and then you may hear it later down the road. It, usually that's a thought that's just ruminating and it, it's that gives me a way to get it out there without getting ahead of myself. I was in a conversation the other day with an individual uh, who is in there, not quite 70, and um, no, no one here in the church, um, and we were talking, I was listening, they were talking, I'd asked some questions, and I was, as they were talking, I was hearing things they weren't saying. You ever have that happen? I was hearing things they weren't saying. And I have this mode I go into. 
But because of what I was hearing that they weren't saying, I was starting to shut some doors and close some things down. Right? I was, I was putting some armor on. I was guarding my spirit. Um, I was, I was hearing some bitterness of years. I, I was hearing hatred rising up. Um, I was, I was hearing resentment. I was hearing these things and I was and I was torn as I was sitting there because this is an individual I've known a few years and so I, I care about them. I've prayed for them many times. I've we've had conversations uh, about things of the word in some limited degree where I could have an opening and be careful. Um but I was I was at this and so as I was praying for them, I, was, I left that situation and I was thinking about it and waiting on the Lord about it. And the Lord began to deal with me that, you know, those things you were hearing, that didn't happen overnight. Those, those things didn't take place in a moment. Now, would you please bear with me here a minute? The seed may have been planted in a moment. But it didn't grow in a moment. Seeds are amazing things. We read Genesis and the Lord made seed producing after its kind, right? We read that and understand what a beautiful, powerful thing the power in the seed right apple seeds the lord made thousands of years ago and we have valleys full of trees today and nobody's making more seeds except god he calls us fruit to grow that produces seed in it after its kind and then you can take that seed and plant it and it grows trees and it'll produce fruit that has seed in it after its kind and you can take that fruit and you have this perpetual cycle that started thousands of years ago by something only God could do. That he could put life in a seed. And so the adversary has always sought to imitate God. And so no doubt the adversary would look and see seed and see the power. If, man, if you can get something in a small seed and get it planted in soil... Stuff that's in that seed, if it's left under the soil and people don't deal with it, it can grow. And it can take root. And you know, plants take root before they shoot through the surface. So you don't always see the evidence. And by the time sometimes you see the evidence, there's already, there could already be a pretty decent root there. And so... I just felt the Lord dealing with me about this. And I just kept reflecting back on that conversation and those things I was hearing. I'm like, a seed got planted somewhere along the way. 
Let me read a couple of places in Scripture real quick. Luke chapter 13. Verse number 18. Jesus is speaking here. He's talking about the kingdom of God. Then said he, unto what is the kingdom of God like? Had my attention. And whereunto shall I resemble it? Jesus is talking and he asks a question. What's the kingdom of God like? And what can I resemble it to? And he says, it is like a grain of mustard seed. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a grain of a mustard seed that a man took. He cast it into his garden and it grew. The seed, the small seed hit soil. It, last, it stayed there in the soil. It grew and over time it waxed a great tree. And the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. That started with a seed. Now, we see this principle here of a small thing. Now, this is beautiful. This is powerful. This is what I want. This is what we desire. I would that God would quicken into our spirit this principle, both sides of it, so that we understand. Do you realize, because of our day and time, and our, we, the term is used oftentimes, microwave society, we like results quicker. Um, but I don't go out and plant corn ever. But if I did, I don't go out and plant corn and expect to come back tomorrow and have a stalk with ears on it that I can. I understand there's a process that needs to take place. But if I plant the row of corn, I may, I may buy a bag. I think we did in Harrow one time, didn't we? Yeah, we planted corn. It grew and looked like popcorn. I don't know what happened to it. No, that's a true story. The ears grew and they looked like popcorn. So what puzzle? We didn't eat it. They called it something. We figured. I don't know what happened. Anyway, something in the soil. But I bought a I bought a bag or two of like you know one of those little pouches, one or two pouches of corn seed, and I planted a row and I got like I don't know how many four six stalks. More than that, she said. So. Out of this, these few seeds. That's pretty amazing, right? Small investment, dig a hole and put that down, water it, and boom. And those few seeds, each stalk produced several ears. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I mean, really, it is. It's an amazing thing. And the Lord said, the kingdom of God is like this. So I have a question. How much seed are you and I planting every day? Every day. I am, um, I am determined to be more intentional about sowing seed. And now, oftentimes when we say that, we mean like, okay, that means you need to find somebody to witness to. And I'm all about that. You, you need to do that. But I, I'm wanting to be more intentional about sowing seed in every interaction I'm in of some type. Does that make sense? Right? What am I speaking? I'm sowing seed. What am I 
projecting from my spirit. I'm sowing seed. What am I saying? How am I speaking to my wife and my children? I'm sowing seed. What, how am I carrying myself in front of my I'm sowing seed. And here's the thing. I sow those seed with friends, family, co-workers. And the problem is, if it's good seed, I may not see the result right away. I have to trust the Word of God and the life that's in the seed. It's in the seed. I'm about to bust out of my skin right now. I don't know if you can tell what I'm trying. <laughs> God, give me wisdom to convey this. Jesus said, Jesus said, kingdom of God the kingdom of God is like a grain of a mustard seed and all that happened was a man took it it doesn't even say he carefully planted it it says he cast it into his garden. You say. For the heart I want to have faith. But I don't have faith. Then start planting seeds. I want to have peace. But I don't have peace. Then start planting seeds. I want to have joy in my life. But I don't have joy. Start planting seeds. I want to see healing come in my life, in my home, in my family. But I pray and nothing's happening. Don't stop praying. Just keep planting seeds. Somebody here, there is power in the seed. And the enemy would want you to despair because there's not a swift response. But I would that you would hear the word of God. The seed holds life. The kingdom of God is like a grain. That's the smallest of grains. Like a grain of a mustard seed. And a man recognized there's power in the seed. So I'm going to put it in my garden. I'm not going to sit it on a shelf. I'm not going to make excuses for why this or that. I'm going to plant the seed. What is it that you're wanting in your life? What is it you're wanting to see God bring to fruition in your life? Then start Planting seed. Plant seed. How long? I don't know how long. Keep planting it until it comes up. Water it until it grows. Fertilize it till it grows. Well, but nothing's happening. Don't stop. There's power in the seed. The word of God cannot fail. Keep planting the seed. I've had people, and I'm not the perfect example. Please don't misunderstand because I use this example. I, I have people ask me questions about certain things at times about how did you, how do you get your children to this or how did they that or how? And I, I point back to not a time or a thing or a usually. I'm like, well, you know, we did this. Every month or every quarter or 
we we did this constantly and we just did this well my kids were probably tired of it some days oh here we go with dad again but I, I was planting seed and my kids are 19 and 22 and 24 and I, I don't mind telling I'm still planting seed I, I want to get every bit of seed in the ground that I can get in the ground while it's day I got to plant seed I have a confidence I, there's much seed I haven't seen the result of it yet sister Mary. I haven't seen it come through the ground I haven't seen the tree grow I don't see the fruit yet but I have a confidence in the word of God and the seed that's planted You've got to know whatever you desire of God. It starts with the planting of seed. The kingdom of God is like. The adversary would want you to despair. Say, I don't know. I prayed, but God, I don't know. And you stop planting seed. How foolish would I be? If I showed up here in August and I stood here before you and I said, you know, it was my plan to give all of you watermelons. I thought they were going to grow in this field out here in front of the church. I mean, we decided to put it to use. But there's no watermelons. And somebody came out and said, Brother Hart, what do you think happened? Did you, did you plant some watermelons out? No, I didn't plant watermelons. I just prayed. God calls watermelons. Now, could God do that? Sure. But you understand. I'd be a lot further ahead if I planted some watermelon seed and said, Lord, cause it to rain. Let it produce after its kind according to the word of the Lord. I'd like to give those watermelons away to everybody. But if I just... And I came every day and prayed, God, let watermelon grow out there in that field. But all that happened was weeds grew. You mean you never planted any seed by the heart, but you expected something to grow? You'd think I'm crazy, right? We do that with God. We do that with God. We want things to grow in our life. We want to see you know, it's called fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith, goodness. And I missed one. Those are fruit. You got to plant seed for fruit to grow. When's the last time you planted seeds of faith? You want your children to have great faith? Plant seed now. Now, if my children hear me saying, man, I don't know, it's probably just, you know, it's probably just not going to happen. I just planted a seed of doubt. You understand words are the ways we plant seed. Inaction is a way of planting seed. Complacency is a way of planting seed. What seed are you planting? What you plant will grow. Now watch. So the kingdom of God, it's like this mustard seed that just got cast into his garden. And it became this great tree. That's a beautiful thing. What if the seeds you planted 
What if it wasn't until the end of your sojourning here? What if it wasn't until the end of your sojourning that you got to see the fullness of that seed? Would it still be worth it? Again, probably because of my age, I've started determining, Lord, I'm not concerned with reaping the seed I planted. I just, just want to see it grow. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. We enter into other man's labors, which means somebody planted and somebody else entered into their harvest. It's one of the greatest attributes of King David that I admire so much. David was willing, though he couldn't build the temple, he was willing to set aside, he was willing to sow seed. And everyone in the world talked about Solomon's temple. Nobody called it David's temple. But the seed got planted by David. David planted unselfish seed. I want to plant unselfish seed. So watch. Go to Luke um, 17. I'm almost done. I don't plan on taking this long. Luke 17. This is an interesting passage of Scripture to me. I'm surprised with the Lord dealing with me about these things that I ended up here, but here we are. Luke 17, verse 1. Again, Jesus is talking. He said to his disciples, It is impossible. Everybody say impossible. Jesus said this. It's impossible, but that offenses will come. In other words, in plain English, he said, it's impossible that no one will ever be offended. He's saying they will come. But woe to him through whom they come. Woe. We miss that part sometimes. Woe to him through whom they come. You know who the through whom they come is? That's the seed planter. That's the seed planter. Verse 2. You want to see how serious this is with God? Jesus said... It were better for him, the seed planter of offenses. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Those are pretty strong words. Verse 3, take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Don't let the seed of offense stay there. 
Don't let the seed of offense stay there. Rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, if he just keeps doing it, and seven times in a day he turns again to you and says, I repent, forgive him. Don't let the seed stay there. Deal with the seed. We're going to keep reading here. Watch verse 5. The apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. What? I thought we were talking about offenses. And the Lord says, Increase our faith. Look at the next verse. The Lord didn't change subjects, and the apostles, the disciples didn't miss what he said. They were on the same page. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, I'm going to do my best to communicate this by God's great grace. He was talking about a seed of offense that gets planted. A brother repents. We forgive. We deal with the seed. We don't let it sit there in our heart. Deal with the seed. He knew what he was dealing with. The Lord didn't just talk casually. He knew the group in front of him. I don't know what they may or may not have been dealing with when they're hearing these words from the Lord, but they're hearing them, and he had a reason for sharing them. And their response is, Ooh, Lord, (laughs) you're going to have to increase our faith for that to work. You know, I mean, my brother that's going to be able to keep doing this to me, and yeah, you're going to have to increase my faith for that to work. We're in context here, right? And the Lord said, if you had faith, see, he went to a different seed. If you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, the one that the guy cast in his garden just and it became a great tree. You might say, now he shifted. You might say to this sycamine tree, not sycamore tree. You might say to this sycamine tree, hold on a minute. This is not a seed that he's talking about now. This is a full-grown tree that he's dealing with now. I think the Lord knew what he was doing. I do too. See that thing you didn't deal with? That was a seed? Oh, now it's a full-grown tree. This is why the disciples are saying, "Uh, Lord, (laughs) you're going to have to increase our faith to deal with this. This is not just a seed issue anymore. That seed's been there a while. It's taken root. It's grown. It's bigger. I've tried to just say a word, and that doesn't help. It's still there. It 
it's interesting, this tree, I've tried to, it's, it's sort of a, a moving target almost, if you will, if you start trying to dig and study and search out a sycamine tree. Uh, as best I can tell and everything I've searched and read and determined through the years, it's some type of mulberry tree. And uh, it's a very hard wood. And it actually is known for having a root system in the Middle East that spreads out and goes down in search of water. And so uprooting them is very difficult because they're not a tap root. They're whatever that's called that spreads out and goes down, whatever kind of root system that is. Systemic. Man, I just drew on my biology like that. Thank you, Lord. It's a systemic root system. That spreads out and goes down. And so uprooting a sycamine tree was not as simple as going and getting your shovel and digging a hole and ripping it out. Because you may cut it out, but the roots are everywhere and it's going to come right back up somewhere else. The Lord was dealing with a fence that had started somewhere and somebody didn't forgive, but they left it there. And now they don't have faith to get it out. And the Lord's saying, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, if you went back to a different place and got faith in the right kind of seed planted, you could speak to this situation in your life. And I don't care if it is a full-grown tree with a root system that's spread out through your spirit. You can speak to it, and it can be rooted up and cast into the sea. And he didn't just say cast in the sea. He said planted in the sea. In other words, what that speaks to me is it's cast into the sea and planted so that it stays there. It's interesting, all the study and stuff I did, and don't misunderstand me, I haven't spent hours upon hours upon hours, but through the years I've probably spent a couple of hours digging around about this tree. Several of the places you read about it says that this tree, because of the hardness of wood, they did use the wood for a purpose. They said they used the wood to make caskets. Isn't that interesting? And that the Lord used it in his example. Precious people of God, there is power in seed. Life-giving and life-stealing power in seed. That example I started with, the conversation I was having and those things I was hearing that weren't being said. What I realized was that was a seed somewhere along the journey. What I was hearing now, it was a full-grown tree and the fruit was coming. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to destroy seed, to get it out of the ground and destroy it, than it is to wait years and then start trying to uproot a tree. It's not impossible, but it sure is a lot easier to deal with seed. And if you got children, it's a whole lot easier to make sure you till the ground and get good seed in and bad seed out than it is to plant bad seed and then watch 20, 30, 40 years later. I haven't lived a long, long time, but 
that have lived long enough to see seed become trees. And it's a lot more painful cutting down and uprooting trees. It takes a lot more time. It takes a while to heal the soil than it does to just get bad seed out when you recognize it tried to get in. I don't know why my mind goes to, you can stand with me, my mind goes to the scripture where the man had a field and he planted a field of wheat and his servants came and said uh, Lord someone has planted tares among the wheat did you do this no I planted good seed I know what I planted I planted good seed what happened I know what happened the adversary came along and the adversary has sown tares among the wheat. Lord, would you like us to just go out there and root out, just rip up all the tares? No, no. If you do that, you'll destroy the wheat. We just got to wait and when it's harvest time. When it's harvest time, we'll gather the wheat with the tares and we'll separate them at that point. The adversary would like to sow tares. It's this pattern. As children of God, we must seek in our own lives and the soil of our heart. Let's watch the seed that's getting in. Let's examine the seed before God. Let God examine the seed in our heart. Let our words be words that plant good seed in the person that we're with and we're around. Let our ears receive good seed. Let our eyes receive good seed. Let our spirit receive good seed. And if the Spirit of the Lord is revealing to us places in our life where seed has gotten in and perhaps started to take root, then let the seed of faith that the Lord spoke of, let the seed of faith be planted in my spirit so that I could speak to a tree to be removed. He still does that. He still does that. And let him do it in and with you. This is the desire of God. I see people of great faith. Because I have a confidence in the seed. Praise God. Would you take a minute, find a place to pray and talk to the Lord tonight before we go. Would you do that? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ikataye.
just want to say God bless to everybody and you're dismissed in Jesus name.